Today's guest is actually history making. This will be our first in-person interview with an inmate in Texas prisons. I met Chaz at the Hughes unit a few years back uh, where he ran a unique basketball tournament. He also held a CrossFit competition there at the Hughes unit. And Tim Tebow came in and did a push-up contest there as well. He's made a very huge impact on the inside of prison, and I know one day he'll make a huge impact outside of prison. Today we do a background check on Chaz Roberts from inside the Kyle unit. Let's go! Have you or someone you know had your life turned upside down because of your past? Of course I have. Everyone does background checks now, which makes it hard to bounce back. What do you believe? I believe your background shouldn't hold you back. It, sh- it should pay you back. This podcast will inspire you, motivate you, and inform you with everything you need to rise above your past and and not be afraid to say go go ahead check my background my name is Jaden Gum and this is background check you already know let's go you can check my background i'm a forgiving felon so tell them that i won't back down now you can bet i won't live in regret it's time to earn some respect you are tuning in to background check Hey everyone, welcome to Background Check Podcast. I'm your host, Jaden Gum. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We believe in Background Check Podcast, your background shouldn't hold you back. It should stinking pay you back. As always, brought to you by Forgiven Felons, helping people with the past realize their future. Well, happy Dad Gum 4th of July weekend. Uh, another holiday for you guys on the inside. Sorry about that. Uh, but I had some good holidays in prison. Uh, for all of you on the outside, what are your plans this weekend? We're planning on having some things at Four Forgiven Felons at our house. We're having some things at my in-laws' house. And we're going we're gonna to swim. We're going to cook. We're going to celebrate the freedom that we have in our country, but also reflect on the freedom that we have in Christ. Uh, I think they go hand in hand. I really do. So, uh, but thank you. Shout out to all the new units that are listening. We know for sure the Walls unit, I believe, are listening. Uh, I think I saw that on one of the Facebook groups, uh, like, um, I don't know, Texas Prison Advocates. One of those groups, I think somebody posted that their loved one at the Walls unit has the tablets now. So if you're listening at the Walls unit, uh, spread spread the word. Spread the word about Background Check Podcast. Who else? Are you a new unit uh, from across the nation that has tablets now or that recently uh, has access to our podcast? Or if you just found our podcast, period, and you want to you give a shout out uh, and tell us what episode has impacted you the most and what you like about the podcast. And, uh, and listen, if you're, if you're out, out, out here or inside and you have a story that you think you want to share on this platform that you know would encourage somebody and, and, and pick them up in their darkest hours, in their darkest moments, and push them in the right direction. Just get a hold of me. Whether you write me in prison or write me when you get out, you know, my cell phone number's on our website, forgivenfellows.org. Um, man, just, and if you want to know more about forgivenfellows.org, go to, go to the website. We are in transition. We're kind of slowing down on the re-entry housing right now. Uh, you guys that we've committed to, uh, we're going to make sure y'all are taken care of. We're maybe going to do re-entry housing again one day after it's you know after we get the resource center going. But <coughs> excuse me, but we are uh, we're going to focus on the resource center and some more permanent housing for you guys. 
so that when you do get out and go to another transitional house or whatever, you can call uh, us and say, hey, you got an apartment for me? And hopefully we'll say, yeah, we do. So that's what we're going to we're hope we're, we're looking at doing more permanent stuff. So bear with us if you're looking for an application for the transitional house, the reentry part of it. Um, it's 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 kind of touch and go right now. Hit and miss. Uh, we're, we're not sure. We don't want to load up this this house right in that we're in right now duplex because we're not going to be in it come may 2023 we are looking for a place to um house the current people we have plus the ones we've already committed to so um just hang tight hang tight all right and if we can't help more uh at a later date then we will that's what we're going to do but um if you're listening and you have a story uh, and you want to share it on this platform when you get out send us a text but uh again spread the word spread the word if you have an apple phone or you can listen through apple Podcasts. go ahead and leave us a review you know uh, i, I kind of said i don't care about that anymore but somebody just put a review up and so it made me care about it again so if you have the ability to leave a review uh leave a review let just let people let others know how this show has impacted your life <clears throat> i am getting over a little sickness so if you do hear me clearing my throat i apologize uh, but my voice sounds a lot better than it did earlier this week, so I'm just thankful that I'm able to even do the episode. What'd you think of last week's episode, Craig Long? Pretty crazy guy, huh? I love him to death, though. Um, so if and, and hey, if you haven't heard the Father's Day episode, go listen to it. It's incredible. Go listen to it. A uh, couple things, man. We call, we have a couple of prayer requests. Uh, oh, first I want to shout out to Michael Holloway, James Michael Holloway from the uh, Hayes. Hayes County Jail. Thanks for writing in. Uh, man, stay strong. When you catch chain, stay strong, dude. Uh, I was in Hayes County Jail back in 1992, dude. I cannot believe you wrote me from there, and now they have tablets. I got arrested for at a frat party for um, hanging out at, at San Marcos State University. I think it's called Texas State now. Man, yeah, I got arrested. Had a fake ID on me and public intoxication so yeah i've been i've been exactly where you are mr holloway stay strong and get on the right track look man i looked up your i looked up your mugshot you look pretty rough you need you need some help and i'm willing to help you just stay on the right track bro but stay away from these people that you've been hanging out with all right man love you bud um i have some oh by the way i do have some thoughts on on roe versus wade being overturned I'm going to share those in a separate uh, solo episode probably next week. All right. Uh, we have some prayer requests. Uh, those of you who have read, read, uh, read The Change Agent by Damon West, he was guest on, I think, episode 93 maybe. Uh, just recently, huge impact that book is having. Uh, it is now curriculum at the Win Unit, and they just graduated their first class. Praise God. Man, that's amazing. Congratulations, uh, congrats to all you guys who graduated the change agent curriculum, the class, man. Um, I want to, I want to come interview one of you guys. Um, hey, listen, listen, any of you, I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about it in a minute. Um, so Mr. Winston in Damon's book, the change agent, Mr. Winston was the, the, the man who helped Damon write his habeas corpus. He showed him, uh, showed him how to use all the law books, showed him around the law library. And um, Mr. Winston is on hospice, and his uh, his niece called Damon to let him know, and he's at the Michaels unit. Uh, so, Mr. Winston, I just want to say, dude, you're a hero. You're a hero of mine uh, for helping for helping Mr. West while he was in there, 
and um, you were an integral part of who he is today. So thank you. We are praying for you and your family. We love you, man. We love you. And um, God, just intervene. Intervene in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. All right. Hey, we don't have any sponsors for this uh, other than Forgiven Felons. But if you want to sponsor or if you know a company or if you're a staffing agency that does uh, second chances. By the way, this is not a sponsorship, but... you know, I was kind of griping about the the trash pickup here in Waxachi, my new town I live in. And, you know, I got to meet one of the drivers today from Waste Connections. And it was a pretty neat conversation. Uh, and he talked about Waste Connections and how much he loved the company. And without him knowing who I am, knowing my story, I did not have any Forgiven Felons uh, T-shirts on, nothing. He, uh, he said, the best thing I like about this company is that we're a second chance program, second chance company. We, we hire guys that, and gals that have backgrounds. I was like, what? Are you serious? And so I got to tell him about Forgiven Felons. He goes, yeah, man, we have guys driving with ankle monitors on and, and uh, still on parole and everything. So I'll, I want to say shout out to Waste Connections for being a second chance company. Thank you. We need more companies like that, man. They got great benefits. They, I think their minimums are they start out at 15, I think he said. Get your CUDL and come to them, Middle Lothian, Texas. All right. Um, well, let's get to this interview, man. I met Chaz at the Hughes unit several years ago. And, you know, if you had told me that I'd be interviewing him on the Kyle unit for a podcast that is listened to all over the world, I would have laughed at you. <laughs> I would. I would have laughed. And uh, But here we are. There we were that day, June 9th. I watched um, – I mean, the interview was June 9th, but I watched Chaz uh, play at the at the Hughes unit in that unique basketball tournament. And I watched the players on the court, especially when a call didn't go their way, and it was remarkable. And then after the game, I watched as the players went into a room to recover, got some Gatorade, uh, and they listened to a devotional. And then I heard that some of the San Antonio Spurs were involved in, in this whole thing. David Robinson sent these guys a video message about the tournament. It was crazy. I'm going to post the David Robinson video. Uh, Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow even came into the uh, to the unit and uh, did a push-up contest. And then they had, Chaz was also an integral part of bringing um, Root Strength, a CrossFit company, into the Hughes unit, and they did a CrossFit competition. And, you know, some of the inmates beat some of the Brute Strength guys. It's pretty cool. Um, and then, and then I hear Chaz is, uh, I'm at a conference. Okay. I'm at a conference and I meet these two guys in there and they're talking about my shirt I had on forgiven fellas. And then one of those guys ends up being Chaz's dad. It's pretty cool. Cause they start telling me about him. I'm like, I think I know this guy. I think I know Chaz. Um, so anyway, Chaz, Chaz's story is a great one. Uh, you'll hear it's a tragic one. Uh, starts out tragic. You'll hear in the interview, but God is, is and still has and still is turning it into something beautiful. Uh, so when I heard from Chaz's dad that Chaz was at uh, part of a unique program, inmate counselor program. Uh, he's one of eight in Texas, and he was at the call unit and he's needing uh, speakers to come in. Uh, I jumped at the chance to do it. And then I also asked permission from Warden Luna, Warden Luna there with MTC, 
Kyle is run by MTC. And um, I asked permission to interview Chaz for the podcast. And he said, no problem. So this interview takes place in the visitation room at the Kyle unit. There's absolutely no sound absorbing areas in there. So the audio is kind of echoey, you know, sort of. So don't, I mean, please forgive me for that. You'll hear prison doors opening and closing in the background. Uh, and then right after the interview, I got to witness something amazing. I got to see Chaz present a certificate to the men who completed this class that he that he started there called Pillars. And it's just about being leaders and pillars in your community. And so uh, he presented <clears throat> these certificates to these men who were, who were about to get out. Some of them probably already out now. Um, but I want to give a shout out to them. Uh, some of their names I remember. And I just want to give a shout out to them if you're still there. Kudos to you. If you're out, why haven't you uh, text me or email me yet? So, uh, Richard Walker, um, congratulations, man. Andrew Mercer. Uh, there's another Andrew, I think. is uh, It was uh, Andrew Gutierrez. Uh, Anthony Wallace, Ralph Johnson, Jordan Ortega. I'll never forget your story of, of the phone call you got. Alan Seaworth, Justin Swinson, uh, Deshaun Sampson, Billy Hutcherson, Dwayne Edwards, Robert Butler, Terrence Zachary, Dylan Pearson. You guys, I'm proud of y'all. It was an honor to get to see you guys, hear the things that Chas said about you guys. And I could just, I could feel him when you walked up. I could say, you know what? This guy does exude all that stuff that Chas said about him. Uh, big thanks to Warden Lute again and his staff at the Cal Unit, as well as MT, MTC for making this happen. Oh, Chaz, you impressed me, dude, when I first met you, and you're still going strong. Prison isn't breaking you like it does some. It's absolutely making you. Making you into the man of God you were always meant to be. It was an honor to interview you and to hear your story. I know we didn't get to talk about everything, but we will do a round two. I do know some things about you. I love the way you honor God and all the people in your life, like your mom, your kids, their mom, your dad. Your dad's a great guy. I didn't get to meet your mom, but I know she was awesome. But I know your dad's a great guy. I love the way you honor him, your aunt, Barbara. I'm so proud to know you and be your friend, bro. It was fun breaking bread or cookies with you guys. And it was really awesome getting stuck in count with y'all at the end. Stay strong, okay? Oh, and dude, you caught me way off guard with your presentation to me. Was not expecting that. Y'all, listen, I'm a sports fan. I love my teams. Uh, but I'm a, I'm a sports fan first. Chaz, he, he, he started talking. He says, hey, I was talking about how he was given three game nets from the San Antonio Spurs playoffs. And he said he gave one to his son. He gave the other one to his daughter. And then that day he said, I want to give this third one to Jaden. It was on the East goal against the Grizzlies in 2016 playoff round one. Craziest, best gift I've ever received. I'll, I'll post a picture of it on the show page. But thank you, Chaz. I'm going to probably display it on my sports wall in my gym. All right, guys, we got to get to this interview. It's a great one. Let's do this. Chaz Roberts. Hey, brother. Go ahead, go ahead and drink some of that coffee. Yes, coffee's good. <laughs> Welcome to Background Check Podcast. All right. Good to be here, man. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, I mean, this is outside of, outside of Texas. Mm -hmm. I, I did one in Idaho, but this will be the first 
in person on unit right interview you're making history and i'm extremely honored i mean i've heard a lot of your podcasts and man, your inspiration to a lot of us uh i'm really i really appreciate you this is great now you've been here uh how long i've been on this unit for about four months okay almost five months all I've right been, so they already had the tablets yes in january before tablets, you got here tablets came in january what'd you think about that man when I first saw um, a tablet, and there's a uh, an app on there, it's a it's a Christian app, it's a Pando app, and they have. Have you heard of a song called Gyra? Yeah, in fact, I was listening to it uh, on the way here. So I clicked it's on, on my it, set list. and it's like music video Gyra, and I clicked on it, and I'm looking at this tablet while I'm in my cell, and I'm looking at it, and all of a sudden this wave of emotion came over me and I'm like, oh my gosh, I haven't seen technology in over a decade, you know? Wow. While I have stayed relevant through, yeah. you know, you yeah. name it, yeah. know, magazines and, you know, you watch, you know, the news and these things, whatnot. Yeah. Um, seeing that was just a beautiful, it was a beautiful thing. It was really a connecting moment for me. So, all right, man. Well, uh, I usually tell ask a guest to tell us about who they are right now. Okay. So you're at the Kyle unit. You've been right. here for a few months. What are you doing here? Why are you here? Um, well, I was uh, selected for a, a program, uh, actually pioneered a bill, House Bill 3227, that allows um, an inmate to take on a certified mentorship stance. It's uh, almost similar to a counselor where we've been educated in mental illness. Now, is that different than the field minister program? It is, it is very much different than the field minister okay. program. Uh, whereas the field ministers um, are, act, are more active uh, chaplains, similar okay. to a chaplain. Gotcha. We're more uh, similar to a counselor. Gotcha. Um, okay. Things now, what like, did you have to take to, to get to that level? Did you take well, we were college sent, classes? What? We, we were sent, um, there, was a, there was a screening um, and we were sent to uh, the Hamilton unit, where, which is Texas board certified, um, where free will people come in, internship, and gain their certification. And we did 500 supervised hours of field work, which means we were in the field um, working with those guys, uh, mentoring, working in reentry, um, substance abuse, uh, reentry plans. Okay. Um, a, a lot of that and then we had a lot of uh how long did that take to get your it took six months six months all right it took six months of the hamilton unit. and then they and then they where, where did you go from the hamilton unit? well there's there's eight of us in the state of texas right now and i was only eight only eight only eight and you're one of eight one of eight and eight man. is the number of new beginnings amen i love that God. okay perfect and uh so they, so they don't even know it, but they're operating in kingdom. Amen. Principles. That's right. That's right. You know, God is in control. And uh, uh, did just, you have to go back to the Hughes unit from the Hamilton, or did you come straight? No, here? I, I was. Um, I, I came straight to the Kyle unit, okay. um, and was vetted to come here and operate in this capacity. Whereas my some of my colleagues went to Polunsky, Michaels, and uh, Hughes unit. Okay. One of my guys went back to Houston. Gotcha. And uh, now, um, wait a minute. Who went to Polunsky? Oh gosh, um, a guy named Stephen Peace. Okay. 
And uh, I have a friend who was at the Luther unit for a long time with okay. the, the Carol Vance unit. And then he got transferred just earlier this year to the Polunsky unit. His name is Matthew Ayers. He's been, and he's been in about a decade. So I didn't know if yeah. I hadn't talked to him too much, but I didn't know if he was part of that program. All right, cool, man. Well, so what do you do here? Well, um, so far, um, I've started a mentorship class and I named it Pillars. You know, a pillar is what holds things up. Yeah. And my, the, the way I see things is right now in 2022, um, suicides, overdoses, homicides, murder, uh, mental illness is on a historic high. When I say historic high, I mean these things are the highest they've ever been in human history. Um, I see a lot of politicians, you see a lot of people on the news and everybody has a, they're they're pushing a way to fix things. Well, what better to utilize men who who can turn their mess into a message, a powerful message of hope, redemption. You know, I, I, I tell these guys, uh, God gave me this, this uh, metaphor, you know, our early ancestors, they went out, uh, they went out, they experienced some things, you know, the hunter and gatherer guys. Yep. They went out there, they experienced some things, they tried some things out, they came back to the village by the fire and they showed the shadows. They're like, hey, this is what we saw. We just want to let you know this is what we figured out, right? They came back. But you and I know that not all people come back. Right. And so these group of guys, what, what we're doing and what we're working on is a quote um, I use, we, we grow through what we go through. Because if we don't grow through what we go through, all we're doing is just going through Going it. through the motions. Yep. And I know after a period of time, I got tired of going through it. And when I, when I realized, I mean, you can, you can grow through it. So the way I see it is these guys have a particular influence, and it just so happens these guys have experienced uh, crime. They've experienced addiction. And, and it just so happens at this time right now, these are the high, one, of, one of the highest things in our society. And they have a particular influence to be able to be pillars of a community. And I have roughly 14 guys who've um, uh, completed eight classes. I heard you talking about John Maxwell, and that's where I get a lot of my material from. And, uh, so good, yeah, so I'm good. Excited. Now, if you're listening and you're not clear on where we are, we are actually inside uh, prison inside the Kyle unit yeah. in Kyle, Texas. We're and, here. Uh, and so we're speaking with, uh, <laughs> uh, by society's label, he's an inmate, but in the- Still uh, incarcerated. In the uh, kingdom, in the kingdom language, he's a, he's a missionary and a king. God is good. And he's got, a, he's got an assignment from the Lord here for this unit. And, uh, and he's, he's, he's doing it very well. I gotta tell so. you, uh, so I was incarcerated when I was 23 years old. Okay. I'm 34 now. And there's uh, people, you know, when you come to prison, you kind of, you lose touch. And from a 22 year old youngster to a 34 year old man, uh, just to be able to speak and walk um, this, 
this kingdomness, this uh, this authority that doesn't come from myself. And it, it's really transforming. And I really hope that my children get to hear this, uh, that their mother gets to hear it, and, and that other people who have done an extensive amount of time. And I, when I say extensive amount of time, I know that from a month to a year to a decade, um, time is time. And what you do with it is can can change your life. Um, I really hope that they get here. And I'm just, I feel so blessed to be able to be here with you right now, brother. I'm blessed, man. I am blessed. It's an honor to be here. Uh, I've known you for a little while. I don't remember the year, mm-hmm. but uh, I went in with Mike Barber and his son, Brandon, one year. BB. And, and he goes, Chetty, and you got to meet this guy. And he starts telling me about the basketball program Gosh. that you did all at the tournaments. Awesome. So let's talk about that a little bit, man, because you're at the Hughes unit. How long were you there? Good. And what made you decide to start these basketball tournaments? And talk about <clears throat> what they were. Like, I mean, I mean, you, these weren't just basketball tournaments. You had a recovery room, right, where well, they had to go sit and listen yeah. to a devotion or something. <laughs> so talk about how you came up with the idea. You had – then you have, like, some San Antonio Spurs yeah. helping you out. So talk about this. And so, um, man, it's a, it's a grand – you know, God is the director of our movie, and we can make plans, and he'll, he'll just – He'll throw something in it, and you just got to roll with the punches. It's called ad-libbing. Ad, you're right. <laughs> and uh, you got to stay, stay, stay in faith. Uh, so in, in 2017, I'm trying not to go straight into the background check, but uh, in, in 2017. Well, you know what? Let's do this. Let's do this. We'll okay. come back. We'll, we'll work our way back up to that. All right. So let's talk about where you grew up, where you're from, what, okay. how early you started getting into trouble, if you were right. always a troublemaker like me from a young kid, or, yeah. <laughs> or did you, were you a goody two-shoes for a little while, and then you just made a bad decision. Let's talk about, man, how many brothers and sisters you I had. Got, did you, I mean, I where'd got, you grow up? I got super ADD. Have you ever heard of that? It's a diagnosis called super ADD. No, I'm kidding, I, but I, I have super ADD. I have the level of ADD that, that they haven't even thought of yet. Oh, okay, well, that's, good, that's, that's we can level. relate on that. So as a kid, my grandmother called me, she used to call me Bullet, and I was always zipping in and out, nice. you know, and I was a little badass. I, I was the one that had cap guns. Oh, we're gonna take you to get cap guns. And I'm popping them in the house, laughing, just eh, you know. And uh, it's just a, she called me Bullet, right? That's great, what a great name. Well, so um, my, my dad and my mom, they divorced when I was three years old. I don't know anybody listening who's ever experienced divorce at a young age or, um, you know, parent issues. It has a big impact on children. Yeah. And um, they divorced when I was three years old, and it was, it was rough. Uh, me and my mom uh, stuck with me and my mom for a good portion of my childhood. Lived in a, in a low-income neighborhood ended up moving in with another family and um, they blessed us to be in their house. Uh, my dad would, would visit. Um, there was differences. And uh, I had this, I, I clung to basketball as a youngster. I mean, I, I would go out in the neighborhood and just play ball. And just, I was just, I heard my dad played college ball and I heard about him. And I was just fascinated with basketball, so that was my thing. And um, so 
that's what I did. You know, me and my mom were the only white people in the neighborhood <laughs> I'm out there and we're just and my mom was the most amazing woman she uh she was a pageant model my mom was runner up for miss texas wow. miss victoria texas <laughs> oh man. my gosh and she had a heart of gold man and um the divorce had a big impact on on both my parents including me and as i grew i i kind of had a void uh, like a lot of men do uh, who've experienced divorce. I had a void, a, a dad void. I didn't get to see him as much as I wanted to for various reasons. And um, around 12 years old, I made the decision to move back in with my dad. And when I did that, um, my dad's a, he's an amazing man. Um, he taught me how to hunt, fish, you know, we did it all. But there was a resentment that I had. Um, there was, a, there was just this, this resentment that grew that I had towards my dad uh, over time. And it's something that I didn't, that I didn't tend to or that we never tended to. And yeah. Was it, it a resentment for just being divorced or what was it a resentment well, about? Well, uh, I believe so. Um, for being divorced, um, you know, watching my mom cry and struggle, regardless of who, who's, um, the differences. Right. You know, my dad was a uh, was a very um, he's a big guy. You know, yeah, he's yeah. almost seven foot tall. Yeah. He, uh, you know, star basketball player in college. Uh, you know, everybody he's got he's got this aura about him that everybody's drawn to him, and he's uh, he's doing a lot. So there was a lot of the times when my dad was out doing his thing that I was kind of left. Uh, yeah, I got you to figure things out, and. Uh, what was good was I, I uh, clung to my grandfather, and my grandfather was a state representative, um, Wesley wow. Roberts. Yeah, okay. Wesley B. Roberts, and he wasn't. Um, this guy wasn't bougie, man. Yeah, he was. He's <laughs> out there, and I watched him. I watched him develop relationships. Watched him wake up early in the morning. I watched his routine. He's, he's just an incredible man. Like. The way he did things was with just such of a, a kingship, like we talk about. He yeah. was a kingdom man. Wow. And um, over time, uh, a little bit of time passed, and that, that void turned into an addiction. I had a lot of emotional issues uh, mixed in with the ADD. You know, I come up with plenty of excuses, but the fact of the matter is I made a decision to fill voids with um, drugs, alcohol, and just that that lifestyle yeah um i first started using when i was in middle school mm. um that that built over time it, 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 it continued to build and then i just you know any any direction that my father tried to give me i was like i'm not trying to hear it and i did the same thing to my mom wow and i had a lot of opportunity you know i went to um went to san marcus military school Right here down the street. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, I went to San Marcos County Jail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just want well, to just want to put that out there. Since, okay. Since right we're all, since we're bragging, I just want to. Right on. Yeah. Well, I'm not bragging about <laughs> no, it, man. I, know, I, I'm just, I uh I ended up dropping out. I didn't last long. Put it like that. And uh, just a big lack of guidance, man. Yeah. And didn't want to take much guidance. And um, 
my grandfather had a stroke and I remember my dad just, man, it hurt him real bad. It, it, it broke him down. And that was the first time we started drinking together. Mm. And we would go up and visit my grandpa, have a couple shots and uh, brush his teeth, comb his hair. And when my dad left, there was a lot of times that I stayed and slept in the nursing home. And I remember when he finally left, that experience, uh, that serving and taking care of my grandfather, it, it filled something in me. I ended up going to school, wanted to be a nurse. I started out as a medical assistant. And so I was going to school to be a medical assistant, still bound by addiction, still bound by um, just that, that nastiness of, you know, I, I, was, I wasn't clean, you right, know, and just right. bad decisions. And you, you just pile on top of it and you don't want to deal with real responsibility. And so that's when I met um, Marcella and I had uh, two kids. I, I had two children, my son, Luca, and my daughter, Lily. Beautiful. They are. I saw he showed me pictures and they're just beautiful kids. Yeah. They so. were they were little babies and uh I had once again, you know, I have all this responsibility but no real experience in responsibility. And I'm kind of flying by the seat of my pants. Um despite having character it was just the wrong kind, right? Um my son, he was about 2 years old, my daughter was a year old and uh, I'm drinking uh, I, I can't I can't go a few days I'm, I'm drinking I'm feeling myself I'm taking pills and I'm just I'm struggling I ended up getting a uh, a ticket for a license and registration ticket um, uh, out of date ticket turns into a blue warrant I don't pay it right and it turns into a warrant and I'm coming home from work one day I ended up started doing home health care I'm coming home from work one day make it to the house um, take a trip and go ahead to the store. I'm going to the store, pick some stuff up. And on the way back, I'm driving down, not too far from this unit, really, uh, um, driving down Manshack, and I, I didn't use my clicker. And a cop pulled up behind me and ran my plates, and bam, you know. And I didn't, I wasn't thinking, I, I didn't, I really didn't think much, and I just thought, man, I'm coming up to a red light, you know, if I make this light and leave him at the red, I'll cut in and make it home. Well, I hit the intersection, I, I turn, I swerved to miss a car, I'm, I'm, I'm flooring it, and ended up hitting a, an innocent man on the side mm -hmm. of the road. And at 23 years old, I got 25 years for murder. Wow. And um, the interesting part about it is when my car flipped and was crushed like a can. It was crushed like a can, my, my car. I ended up in the middle of the street without a scratch on me. Wow. I didn't have a lick of a scratch on me. I, I took off running. And uh, to make a long story short. Did you know at that point that you had hit, hit somebody? I, I just knew I totaled my car. Okay. You know, uh, Mr. Brooks was propelled from the scene. And um, I was scared to death. And uh, 
despite me and my old man's differences and our and our struggles, he he said, you know, we need to do the right thing, and uh, we need to go, we need to go um, bring you in. So I went in, um, talked to the detectives, expressed, you know, I, I had no idea. Um, next thing you know, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll skip a lot of the the details for yeah. for reasons. But I, I went to TDC for 25 years for murder, and that was a rough experience. Yeah, so what, man, I mean, when did reality hit you that, when did, when did they tell you that he died? Oh, man, well, they, they, they had came looking for me. Uh, my dad, it was hours later, and my dad said, hey, uh, well, somebody had knocked on the door, and they told my dad, hey, you know, uh, your son was in an accident and somebody died. Okay. And I heard my dad throwing up. And I said, what's going on? And he said, um, well, Chaz, I think you killed someone. And man, oh man, my whole world was just. Yeah. Um, was, so you're facing 25 years. You got two young kids. Mm-hmm. How did, how did, I mean, my goodness, could they even wrap their head? How old were they then? You said two? Yeah, uh, babies, little babies. Um, remember saying goodbye, and we went and I turned myself in. And um, first thing, first thing you do you, when you when you go to prison, obviously, right? It's like they want to check your heart. You know, it's a you get a heart check. So I go through that, um, and and I'm, I'm it, what's crazy is I get to TDC in the middle of the summer. And there's no air conditioning. It's extremely hot. And I'm like, gosh. Now, where did you, where did you intake? At Holiday. Holiday, okay. I'm at Holiday Unit. And uh, I'm sitting there on Holiday Unit, and it's so hot. I'm thinking, man, I died, and I went to hell. I'm in hell. Uh, it's over. I'm, I'm really not alive. You know, I probably died in a car crash. But I got to tell you, Jay, the truth is I did die in that car crash. Um, I believe that... Um, I, something in me died and something was some some life was birthed into me at that moment um mr brooks even to this day and, and i'll share with you later on i believe that he gave me um he gave me life he gave me life through through that accident and um i, I live to honor him as well as the life that he gave me and um so i so, go to so where was faith? Where did faith come into your life? Oh, man. has it entered yet? So you, you're coming in TDCJ. <clears throat> so I come in TDCJ, and you know it is just a mess, right? It is a mess, and I'm I'm figuring things out. Uh, uh, it's a, this is a a mirror of society in prison. You know, you have all you have a bunch of different um, personalities, uh, backgrounds, um, people. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to figure things out. I feel like I've got a life sentence, you know, it feels like. And I gravitated towards the basketball court. First, thing, first place I went. And the basketball court taught me a lot of life lessons. Um, you know, if, if you don't know how to humble yourself, you know, you make a few shots, you beat your chest, somebody's going to want to, you know, test you. Um, if... 
if you uh, if you're too humble, you know, there's gonna be some guys that are gonna mash the gas a little bit. Over, yep. Well, you also learn a lot about teamwork, and these lessons started building. These lessons started building over time, and uh, as I just as I observe in my old man, he's feeding me all these faith messages, and I, and and they're they're not hitting me instantly, but they're sinking in. And uh, over a period of time, you know, playing prison ball, I just started developing all these little life lessons, right? And, and you know, the power of the tongue is real, is real important. Anybody who's listening, um, speaking life into your children, speaking life into your circumstances, speaking life into other people does have an impact. And, and it impacted me. My dad kept speaking life into me. And so I developed all these life lessons through the game of ball, right? You got, you, you know, you got different races out there. Well, for one, you know, there's not always a, um, there's not a bunch of Anglo guys out nope. on the court. Nope. <laughs> you know? I, I was on the court with them, and I was one of very few. Right. And so uh, you learn how to, you learn about people, man. Yeah. You, you just, you just learn about people and. What I love about the game of ball is you got five different guys. You may have a, a tall guy, you may have a short guy, you got a guy boxing out, you got the, the point guard, but you all got a common goal. You all got a common goal. And what's beautiful about this common goal is um, to move as one team. If in the midst of the game, one of your guys starts uh, losing his focus, then the other team is, then the rest of your team is going to lose focus. It's what, it's what the, the opposing team likes to call self-destruct. You know, once, once, you, once yep. they get you arguing with each other, they go. Got them. <laughs> <laughs> they got go, em. we got them. You know, got them. You know, you hear that a lot. We got them. And uh, so it's so important to keep your guys focused. Speaking life into the game. You might be down by 20 points. But speaking, hey, man, keep shooting. Yeah. I got your rebound. Don't worry about it. Keep shooting. Can, can change the whole momentum of the game. Uh, uh, and you, you also got to learn how to lose. Yeah. You got to learn how to lose. And it, I think you, 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 how did you lose, you know? It took me a little while just to even get in because, you know, unlike you, I, I look like a slow white guy. You look like you're in shape. <laughs> you look like you might be able to ball, you know. Jay will, you know, somebody that, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. but I, you know, I, I, I was a little, you know, clumpy and, and, and slow looking. Oh man. And so I never got picked. So I finally had to just, I had to almost fight somebody to say, I got next up, you know, and, um, and cause no one would pick me. And so I finally just said, Hey, I got, I got next. And, and if anyone of you want to fight, let's fight, you know? Oh, okay. They so finally let me. And then, and then some of the guys didn't even want to play with me. I would pick them. They didn't even want to play yeah. with me. So it took, a, it took a game or two, and then it took a few draining some threes. Mm -hmm. uh, it took a few low post moves. You got some game, oh, huh? Oh, man, yeah, man, okay. I do. I mean, I've, I've been playing. I was a three-sport athlete all my life. All right on, bro. And so, so I, you know, I surprised some people because I was faster than I looked. Every white guy who plays ball surprises anybody in, True. in prison, True. especially True. maximum security prison. Yep. But as far as fighting goes, man, brother, I – I had plenty black eyes. I didn't know how to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> I was a knucklehead. I didn't, I look back and I was a, um, I was a knucklehead. I was, yeah. a, I was what you call a clown. Yeah. And um, I may, had, I may had, have had some strong character, but it was for the wrong reasons. Yeah. 
And uh, I got tired of fighting. I got tired of getting in fights. Yeah. So um, I, started, I started developing, started learning, started learning from a couple of the older guys, the older cats. And uh, first I didn't want to, I didn't want to hear it, but I sat there and I observed and uh, I, I listened. And over time, things that I started realizing I have no control, I just started praying for. And when I'm saying praying, I mean earnestly praying, God, I, I wish my son knew this. Man, Lord, I wish my daughter knew knew about this or knew that I lo- that I like music like this. And the more I did that, the more I got a I get a letter or I hear from my family and they say, "Well, your son's doing this and your daughter loves music." And I'm like, "Man, God was just building my faith more and more and more." And uh in about 2017, my mom got diagnosed with cancer, mm. and it hurt me real bad. I was, I was, man, my, my faith started was started really shaking, but I stayed at it. I was in a faith-based dorm. Um, I heard Mr. Wallace talking about it, Warden Wallace, on on your uh, on your podcast. I was in the faith-based dorm. I had been working in the officer dining room, and in that, it's funny because that officer dining room. I got a servant's spirit. I got a servant's heart. And as a waiter in a, in a, in a maximum security dining room, that's like your restaurant. And I'm, I'm the only waiter. So everybody who's any, any employee on the unit uh, goes to eat at the officer dining room. And I just enjoyed serving them. I enjoyed taking care of them. And uh, I, I really appreciate um, Warden Wallace's perspective. Um, yeah, because he was he was uh, at the use unit when mm-hmm. you, when you were there, mm-hmm. and so yeah, it was pretty neat that you know when I did the podcast with him, he didn't mention that he knew you, mm-hmm. uh, but then whenever I you know announced that I was coming here and who I was coming to interview, he was like, hey, tell him tell him hello and wish him all the luck. And well, I'm gonna get to the to victory. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get straight to the victory. Um, God started a, a big work in me. And my mom was dying really slow. So what I had to do was I had to coach my mom on how to die. It was, it was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. Yeah. I'm in a maximum security prison. Um, emotions aren't to be shown. You know, all these different variables. And I'm coaching my mom how to die on this little blue phone. You have 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And she's having a, a rough time. Um, my mom, when I was a child... Um, we went to every church. We were, man, we were Baptists. We were Episcopalians. We were Luther. We were everything. We went to every church uh, everywhere. And uh, she used to make me get in front of people and speak um, a Bible verse with introduction and conclusion. And she sat there, and, and they used to make me do it. It would be 100 people at church, and I'm up there, you know, seven years old, you know, preaching, right? And uh, so I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm speaking words back to my mom that she gave me as a little kid but I'm having to dig a lot deeper as a as a man now and um I remember I was digging I was digging and chemotherapy was just awful um it was really taking its toll on her and uh so I remember I'm in the officer dining room I'm struggling I'm, I'm I'm praying real hard I'm like God I need you I need you Lord and a warden walks in this Big stocky guy, about your size. I didn't know you were you were you were big like that. 
It, the picture on the podcast does no justice. <laughs> this guy's a buff dude, man. So I'm sitting there, and uh, no wonder they didn't pick you up, man. They're like, <laughs> so I'm sitting there, and I, I'm praying. I'm in that officer dining room, and I said, man, Lord, I need somebody. And this warden walks in, big stocky guy. And he said, hey, I'm, I'm the new warden. And uh, he goes, I heard about your mom. I heard what you're going through. Um, said I was looking through some scriptures and I thought this one might help so he just shoots me a scripture it was kind of nonchalant but for me I was like God what are you what are you trying to tell me yeah. you know this is big right I just got done praying and it just so happens it was the story of Elijah and the scripture was about um, I don't know why he gave me this particular scripture and one day I'm going to ask him but I think he was thumbing through. You know, I heard you have a Bibles on phones now, mm -hmm. right? And yep. he's just, you know, uh, what relates to whatever and click. Well, it was the story of Elijah when him and his mentee, Elisha, were going up against the big army. And they, they were just stumbled upon this army. They're surrounded by all these guys, the enemy. And the mentee starts freaking out. He's like, man, they got us, man. What are we going to do? You know, and Elijah looks at him and he puts his hand on his I said Lord open his eyes so he'll see that there's more that is with us than those who are against us and it just it stuck to me so I wanted to read no more about Elijah well at this time as I'm digging in the word and I'm giving it to my mom she ends up passing I called one day and her sister answers the phone I said hey I'd like to talk to my mom and they said well your mom can she can no longer speak she can just listen it was the last time I got to talk to my mom and I uh, loved on her, and I told her how much I loved her. And uh, at that moment, I remember uh, in my studies, I remember about worship. And uh, somebody scores a basket, somebody scores a football uh, touchdown. You see these people in the stands, they throw their hands up and they're, ah, yes. And us as human beings, as, as I gain more knowledge and word and, and in life, there's this praise thing that we naturally do when you throw your hands up and you worship. And so I'm going to prison every Sunday. I mean, I'm going to prison. I'm going to church at prison every Sunday at a maximum security prison. And I'm sitting with a group of guys and I'm super hard and song comes on and it's tearing me up inside. I, you know, I'm acting real tough and it's, but it's bothering me, you know, and, and um, guys are putting their hands in the air and I'm, I'm like, look at this guy. What is, you know, what's wrong with him? Yeah. And it's tearing me up. I, but I, I, I knew I needed to be there. I just didn't want to be there. Right. And so um, I, as, I'm, as I'm studying this, I, I learned about the signs of when you put your hands up. And I pray for you guys. Any, anybody listen to this, man, I, I encourage you to, um, to give it a try. I, I was so, man, my mom just died. My beautiful mother had just passed away. I'm in prison for 25 years for murder. Uh, it was, I'm going through it. And I, I remember this, and this, a scripture came across that says that all things work together for the good to those that believe according to his purpose. And uh, I'm saying, man, if all things work together for the good, then you're gonna make this work for my good. I said, I, I literally went to my cubicle. I cried so hard. I, you know, you see old um, movies about these 
these guys in the Bible and they're on their knees and they're just praying. And I went and got on my knees and I said, I mean, I cried out face on the concrete. God, I need you so bad. I need you. I need you so bad. And I remember going to church the next day. It was Sunday. And the song come on and it says called Worth. You thought I was worth saving. And uh, I remember I, I'm sitting in the same group of guys I always sit next to and the song come on. And I said, you know what? I'm sick of this. I stood up and I threw my hands up in there like that. And I haven't been the same since, wow. Jay. I have not been the same since. So this warden comes back the next day and I told him, hey man, I've been in plenty of basketball tournaments since I've been in prison. The majority of them are, are ran by gangs. There's always gas that gets thrown on the yard or a fight that breaks out, you know? And me, man, every one of them, I show up like we're going to the NBA Finals. You know, I just got done listening to the, the jam. I'm laced up, I'm writing scriptures on my shoes, I'm showing up and you know the game it's over by the time i get there you know it's I'm like gosh man so i said i'd like to run a basketball tournament but i want to do it i want to i want to do it with these life lessons that i've learned through the yeah. game of ball yeah. that god had given me and so he's like let's do it let's crank it up man he said matter of fact how about we get a christian college to come play one of the the um the winners the guys who the guys who win i was like yeah well, all of a sudden, God just started, the Spirit just started hitting me. And I, and, and I thought about this game. I thought about the game of basketball. And, and, and in prison, sports are a big deal. Um, I heard Damon talking about yep, it. Yep, sports cred. Sports are a real big deal. And I thought about it. And this is so beautiful. When you're getting, anybody listening, you're going to love this. I, uh, I thought about the, the demographics of prison. And what I did was... I picked the teams myself, and I put a, made sure there was a big guy on every team, picked about 10 teams, of the whole 3,000-man unit. I, and I made sure there was a big guy on every team, a fast guy on every team, a, a ball handler on every team. And these guys live with each other, but in prison it's very segregated. Yep. So nobody talks to each other, really. I maybe stick with a few group of guys, and that's it. So when I um, – I, 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 put them on a roster on the same team. Nobody knows I'm doing this. I put them on a roster on the same team, and I got a coach. You know, you always got an old school that knows the game real good, right? So I got a coach, and I put a good coach on every team. And then I got a guy who knows nothing about the game, <laughs> maybe an old white guy who's got a blue-collar crime, and I made him an assistant coach. So I go around and I'm telling them, hey, you're on this roster. You need to show up at this time. They're confused what's going on. Everybody shows up anyway. Well, when the warden shows up and he's like, hey, this is what we're doing, da-da-da-da-da, everybody starts going, man, what's this basketball tournament about? You know, what is this? Well, I know that after a heated game, especially when everybody's watching, Pride in prison is a big deal, mm -hmm. not just in prison, pride in general. Yeah. Um, pride pride will, will kill you. Yep. And um, I thought there's, there is a, there's a very, there's guys who have grown, who have learned into prison and who have developed such a, there's so much untapped potential. I heard Damon West say on this, on, on your podcast. And I saw, I had a guy for a week that, that this, building was doing a basketball tournament prepare a message for every after every game 
So these guys just got done playing each other. One team won, one team didn't. And I forced them to go into a little room and listen to a message about making mistakes. Um, just little things like that. So I prepared all this and uh, I hadn't put no action behind it yet. I just put it all down. And he sends me, Warden, Warden Wallace had showed up and uh, he sends me to Four Building. It's a, there's a lot going on on Four Building. There's majority life sentence, um, majority gang related. And they do the open call basketball tournament sign up. So everybody floods the yard. They lock me in the gate with a microphone and a speaker. And there's about 300 guys on the yard, some gangsters, and everybody's just staring at me like, what's this dude talking? What's this white dude? What's this white dude? What is he talking about? And I remember holding that microphone and I'm shaking. And I'm looking out at the yard, and uh, I just started pouring my heart about my mom. I said, man, I could, there's something inside me that I couldn't, I couldn't hold in. I had to get out. So I'm laying it all out there, and I said, I wonder if everybody's tired of feeling like the way you're feeling, like I'm feeling. I wonder if everybody's tired of fighting each other instead of fighting for each other. I wonder, I mean, I'll, I'm, I'm pouring my heart out. I said, man, you, I'm shaking. I was like, man, am I the only one who wants to be a better dad? I want to be a better man. I want to be a better person. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of living like this. And something hit me. I don't know what. And I said, if I'm, I'm the scripture popped in my head. And it says, there are, there are, when, when Elijah and Elisha were together, it said, there are more with us than those who are against us. And what may look like a sea of men who are who are, don't want no change, don't want nothing. I said, man, if I'm not the only one, let me know. But if you're with me, man, I ask you put your wand up. And about that moment, all 300 of them guys had their wands up in the air. Wow. The, after that, it was a Russian wind took over the whole unit. Mm. Um, it was a, it was a revival. A revival took place on that unit, and it was incredible. How God. often would you have these uh, tournaments? Well, I did, I did only two of them. Um, we made it to the last one. We made it to the last. We picked the best, best players out of the whole unit. So you only did two of these tournaments. That's right. And I got to, I got to be there on one of the weekends. I, I honestly don't think it will ever happen the way that it did again. Uh, we, we, the Christian college backed out. I shot a letter to my old man. Um, he, he forwarded it to some people at the Spurs. And... Um, Vice President of the Spurs and Community Outreach got a hold of it, and God just took God took off, brother. It I was mean. incredible. The weekend I was there, I mean, I got to walk around with Brandon. We got to be inside the court with you. We got to go inside the room where they were doing the the life lessons, and and I had never seen anything like it in my three years of being in prison. And I was at a, a unit that had a lot of favor, but I, I and, I, and we played. We had basketball tournaments there. But I've never seen anything quite like what you, what God's orchestrated was, through you on that unit. So um, it was incredible. This, this, we had uh, Brad, Brad Buckman. I uh, played for Romania. He played uh, UT All Star. You had Ira Clark, uh, Houston Rocket, and a bunch of other pro, a amateur pro, and pro players. 
and they show up and these guys are big seven footers walking in and they thought that they were going to come and give us some some love show us a little hey and little did they know man we had been cranked that we had a revival on this unit and we had so much to share with them mm-hmm. and oh man we it was it was absolutely incredible i want to share this for for anybody listening just for a perspective so uh I don't know if everybody's seen The Longest Yard, but these guys guys show up. And uh, it was kind of funny because they were like, real like, what's going on here? And we put on that uh, Hail Mary beat, the Tupac beat. (laughs) And we we started running a circle around them. You know, next up is your huge all-star basketball team. And then we turned the music off and went and gave them hug, you know, <laughs> loved on them, man. They were, it was funny. Oh, that's great. It was. Uh, it went down until the last minute. The warden, um, the warden in the fourth quarter was calling huddles and calling the play, and he was bringing the huddle in. And he's like, you know, these guys come into our house, man. You guys need to represent. You know, it was it was a big deal, and it went down until the last second, and we were tied up, and a, and the the warden told. Listen, he, he, he'll laugh at this if he ever hears it. He said, listen, this is what we're going to do. You know, I had a guy named Slim, tall guy, could have played in the NBA, and he goes, Jazz, you're going to throw an alley-oop to Slim, and Slim, you're going to dunk it. And everybody looked at the <laughs> warden and was like, what? No, that's not what we're going to do. You're going to drive it in, and you're going to get fouled, and you're going to go to the line. Well, the guy didn't do either one. He stopped at the three-point line. You had um, Channel 8 News there. Uh, you had the guy from Authentic Manhood. He was the speaker of Authentic Manhood. He's in, he's in every 33 of the series, and that was a big part of our basketball tournament. Um, so the guy stops at the three-point line. It was, it was very difficult um, orchestrating all of this and, and forwarding what God, the message that God wanted to give in a maximum security prison. And there's three seconds left on the clock. There's probably about 300 inmates on the yard, half of uh, security staff, everybody's there. And this this guy stops at the three-point line, throws the ball up, and everybody's looking at it. And it's like a rainbow shot. He's chunked it up there. And now all of a sudden it sinks. And I see the, the guys from the Spurs just crying, laughing. <laughs> Everybody storms the court, and we're holding each other up. Um, <laughs> it was absolutely incredible. Wow. That was our first year. We did another year, and shortly after, uh, we, did, um, we started building a lot of momentum with this. And um, we had Tim Tebow come to the unit. Yeah. Uh, Tim Tebow showed up, and we started developing a CrossFit Games. Nice. The first ever in history CrossFit Games in Texas prison. So for you workout guys, man, uh, listening, anything is possible. Uh, it was Tim Tebow's a hell of a guy, man. Yeah. He shows up, and it was just he he brought a lot of hope. But crazy, he challenged us to a challenged me to a push-up contest, yeah. and I said, you know, I got a guy for you. And it went viral on MSNBC, um, on what's that show, TMZ, right? So this guy's a big guy. Well, you know, here in prison, this is the land of the push-ups, right? 
and that's the law of the land, yep. man. You get your push-ups in. So Some I guess of them do it on coffee cups. That's right. That's right. You already know, brother. And so he he um, he charges me up. I said, "Well, I got a guy for you." And next thing you know, we're we're head to head with Tim Tebow, and uh, I'm seeing my brother and Tim Tebow going at it, and they're going at it. And we did we did two minutes. Two minutes straight, nonstop. We had a counter all the way up, all the way down. However many, how many push-ups you can do in two minutes. And so I'm, I'm timing them, and I'm, and I'm coaching my buddy. And it dawned on me, you know, when you have something that is greater than yourself to push for, to fight for, that is good, you will get an extra dose of strength. Mm. You'll get an extra dose of hope. So good. You will push. You will push even more. And I, it dawned on me. I said, "Brother, man, you're representing more than yourself. I need you to push." And him and Team Tebow are going at it. And then I looked, and about a minute and ten seconds into it, I see as Tim Tebow's going, his right arm starts twitching. And I look. I said, "You got him." I said, "You got him, man. You got him." I'm yelling right. And he just it gave him everything he has, and uh, he ended up beating him. Ended up wow. beating Tebow in the contest, and we so loved good. on the man. You know, we gave. <laughs> he's so humble, man, and he it is. was so good. It was so. It was. It was a beautiful thing, man. And shortly after that, we had I think it was the number five CrossFit team in the nation come to the unit. They did a documentary, um, as you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I ended up me me and this guy. It was it was, it was so beautiful, man. Uh, Something about exercising, you know. I, I once heard a guy says, he tells me, yeah, you know, you get your body right and then, and then your, your mind and everything follows. And I don't know about you, Jay, but I've seen plenty of, of, of beef dudes that are box of rocks. Yep. And, and I, I said, no, you get your mind right and your, and your body will follow. That was one of the things that we instilled in our, in our CrossFit is um, the mental the mental side, the spiritual side, the, the three-in-one side, man, and, and really pushing that. Because you can work out for, um, for no reason yeah. uh, to look good, but that don't get you nowhere. Looking good comes and goes. But when you work out for something greater than yourself, yeah. when you exercise character for something greater than yourself, being humble or having humility, it becomes a... a, a a man a man thing it becomes something so much more and so we were instilling that man and i remember going up against uh um i think his name was ryan souter and he holds the army fitness yeah, test i know the name yep and uh we did a head-to-head -head and i sat there and i thought about my mom i'm like god what are you doing we got we got we're playing against the spurs i'm on a maximum security we're going head-to-head -head. you got the media here and uh, so I prayed, and I prayed the, I prayed the, I remember David when he went up against Goliath. And, and I just said, man, Lord, give me strength. I had a swollen knee. I remember telling my, my old man about this. I had a, my knee had just swelled up, and you probably got about 300 guys on the rec yard, mm. and we're flipping a tire the size of this table. Oh, yeah, they're huge. And we're, you know, you had sandbags, you name it. And I'm like, Lord, man, I need you now. I'm like, you know, I need you. And uh, I prayed that prayer, and we, we just went. And I gave it all I got. And 
I got him. I beat him by three seconds, man. Wow. Number five. And it had, it had nothing to do with me, I promise yeah. you, man. <laughs> but uh, I'll tell you this. Um, they asked us. We had interviewed, and they said, well, man, how did you do it? Da, da, da. Well, the fact of the matter is these guys have, you know, creatine and supplements that, that are good for their bodies. And, you know, over in, here in prison, we got mackerel and tap water. You know, and we got the protein powder drinks, right? And the, and the, and the, <laughs> yeah, and the little protein the little powder drinks. Too. And he said, he had, well, how'd you do it? And I said, well, I'll tell you how we did it. It was, it was pure will, pure heart. That that was the difference maker. Yeah. And I think that's the difference maker for, um, for, for our uh, what what'll pay us back instead yeah. of hold us back. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And you know, a lot of guys they wait till they get out of prison. To, to make their background pay them back. No. You have already started, man. You're, you're already uh, demanding your background, your story pay you back. And the way I describe it is the, I think the Holy Spirit just deposited that in my, in my mind when I was writing the opening um, because, you know, the Bible talks about the, the, the thief. The thief has to pay back what he stole, mm-hmm. you know, seven, seven times, eight times. Amen. And so... The, the, the choices that we made that created our background mm-hmm. uh, have stolen a lot of stuff from us, mm-hmm. have stolen time, relationships, uh, I mean, so good, jobs, man. all these things. And so when we put a demand and we speak that promise of scripture over our past, now it doesn't become a background, it doesn't become baggage, it becomes leverage. Mm to advance the kingdom of God through our testimony. Absolutely. And that's how, that's how we make it. That's how we force it to pay us back. So every time, you know, your background's paying you back right now because people from Arizona, uh, Alabama, New Mexico, Pennsylvania, New York mm-hmm. are going to hear your story. They're sitting in county jail. They're sitting in, <laughs> they're sitting in state prisons. Oh, they're going to so hear, good, they're going to hear your story and they're going to, they're going to change their life. You know, so your, your background is, is literally paying you back. I'm glad you said that. I want to I want to make note. When I came to prison, um, I had I had opportunities to play uh, ball in, in certain colleges, and and man, I wanted to do so much more. But I didn't even know what the word perseverance meant. I didn't know what character was, or what um, what what branches of character what they meant. I had no idea what the word humility meant. Um, I started learning what uh, flaws, um, character flaws was the first thing I learned and I, and I went and looked up the word insecure. Um, I wor- went and looked up the word pride. And I say that to say this, that I didn't have um, some big education or anything. I've been incarcerated almost 11 years and I, I made the decision, I grew I learned, and I, and I trust in God, something greater than myself, and I, and I kept at it despite the discouragement. Um, I'm just shy of two college degrees. I graduated college in 2017 from Central Texas College, and, and it, it's all God, and if, if I can do it, anybody else can do it. Yeah, amen, yeah. amen. Hey, listen, um, so speaking of all these other inmates, mm-hmm. male, female, across the nation that are mm-hmm. hearing this, uh, speak to them, you know, but also, you know, there's about 10, at least 10 units in Texas right that have these tablets. 
So there's literally maybe thousands of men already that are going to be hearing your story here in Texas. Mm -hmm. So speak to speak to specifically the people behind physical bars and and give them hope. Give them hope. Well, first off, I'd like to um, say thank you for listening to Brother Jay's podcast. Um, it's had an impact on myself. It's very informative. But I would say to you guys, dig deep and be self-aware. Evaluate yourself. Think about where you've been, where you're at, and then think about where you're headed. Because where you're headed may not be where you actually want to go. So if you do those three things, I want you to know that you can edit your story. Your story's still going and you have the power to change your story. And I just encourage you guys to, to dig deep. Um, there, was a, uh, there was an old study I heard about the mouse in a box. And I want you to listen carefully to me. Uh, they put this mouse in a box and they taped up this cardboard box and they left this mouse in there. Had a little camera in the corner of the box, a big box. After so many hours, I'll say eight hours, the mouse died. They got a same mouse in the same box. They got a pin top, a little piece of a ballpoint pen and poked a hole in the top of that box. And that mouse lasted almost four days. But I say that to say this, that the reason the mouse lasted that much longer is because he had some hope. Hope is a real thing. It's not just some positive word or, or some, um, just something to throw around. Hope is, a, hope is a real thing and it's powerful. The only reason that I was blessed, that, that I'm here with J. Dan Gum, that I've been certified by the state of Texas to work as, in mental illness and, and drug addiction to help other people. The only reason I've come this far is because of hope and I'm gonna need it to get further. But I'll tell you, find hope. Find hope in something greater than yourself, guys. Amen. Hey, listen, I usually wait till I get back in the studio and say a prayer over my guest. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go ahead and pray over you right now. Thank you, Brian. And then after I pray, I want you to pray over all the other inmates. That There's over 400 tablets oh, out there. Thank you. Man. All right. So, Father, in Jesus' name, I lift Chaz up to you right now. I thank you for who, who he is in you. I thank you that Satan tried to steal his identity he tried to uh, steal the image of God in Chaz, but it didn't work. I thank you for that encounter where he raised his hands and surrendered to you and his life was changed. I thank you for, for where he's been, what you, where he is now, what you're doing in him now, but I thank you for that that is yet to come. Lord, you have so much, so much planned for him in here and out there, and I thank you for going ahead and paving the way and opening the doors, closing the ones that he doesn't need to go through. And I thank you, Lord. I thank you for Chaz. Thank you for his family. Thank you for his children, his legacy. I thank you that, that he has a hope, he has a future. And I pray over him right now. Just give him spiritual stamina and endurance to make it on this last leg. I don't know how long this last leg is, but I know I feel like he's on a last leg. And I thank you for for um for the lives that he, he has impacted on all the other units and including this unit and i thank you for his 
that he walks in his kingdom authority. And Lord, give him everything he needs. Give him everything he needs for this part of his journey. The, the, the apostolic anointing, the teacher anointing, the pastoral anointing, the, uh, the, the teacher anointing. Give him everything he needs for whatever season he's in, for whoever's sitting in front of him, whether it's one or a classroom. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name. Now, Chaz, I want you to pray over everybody behind bars that are listening to this across the nation. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, God, I pray over all the men and women who feel as if they don't have a voice right now. God, I pray over their children, the feeling of helplessness, despair, when you feel like there is no hope. I pray that you meet them where they're at right now. God, we know that our world is going through some things. So right now we pray for those who feel as if they're lost, that we can wake them up, that, that they can be found, Lord. We pray for those who have eyes but they can't actually see. God, I pray for, I pray for those children of the incarcerated. I pray that you meet those children of the yes, incarcerated, Lord. that you just give them a little peace, that you guide them and grow them, that you guide their ears, that you guide their little minds, and that you guide their hearts, that you place a covering over the incarcerated, over the, over the children of the incarcerated parents, yes, Lord. that you place a covering, and over the ones that are guarding them, I pray that you guide them, give them peace and comfort, God, we pray over, pray over all the, the officers and the, and the wardens and yes. the people that have an authority, yes. the directors that, and the people that have an authority. We pray Thank for Jesus. an extra dose of discernment. Yes. We pray for an extra dose of discernment. God, right now in the name of Jesus, God, I just I, I pray over my son, Luca. Yes. I, I pray blessings over my son and my daughter, Lily, and I pray over their mom. I pray over strength for my father, and I, and I thank you for this opportunity, Lord. I just I speak life and blessings to anyone listening to this, that you grow, that you will be a, a kingdom man and a kingdom woman, that you can receive peace, and that you can find hope when it seems like there is none. And it's in, in, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Oh, man. Thank you so much, Chaz, for Thank coming you, brother, on the Background man. Check Podcast. Thank you, man. Thank you for letting me hijack your uh, class graduation. You got whatever it, this, brother. Whatever this is tonight, we get, I get to watch people. What, what are they getting certified for? Uh, for, for participation. Participation this in is, this, this class. This is seven, seven weeks uh, that they've been coming. So. Awesome. All right, man. Thank you so much. And, uh, you got it, brother. Thank you guys for listening to Background Check Podcast. What a great interview. Thanks again, Chaz, for your time. And thank you all you, to all you guys who made that day, that evening special for me. And I'm proud of every one of you and hope to connect with each and every one of you when you get out here in the world, especially if you're coming to the DFW area. Make sure you go to forgivenfelons.org and go to the contact page and grab my cell phone number off there. If I don't answer the phone, leave me a message, text message me to, to say, hey, you were in the class at the Kyle unit and I'll get back with you, all right? Hey, listen, um, we already prayed, but I just want to say a quick prayer over everyone listening. Father, be with the listener. Be with the listener. Meet them wherever they are right now. 
wherever they are, whatever they need, show them you on a level they've never comprehended it and show them the love that you have for them. Wrap your arms around them. Give them everything they need to get through this next season, chapter, day, hour, minute of their life. We come against suicide right now in the name of Jesus. We lift up the family of the captain from the Gibb Lewis unit, Lord. We lift up we lift up that family. Lord, we pray for all the inmates and we pray for all the, the staff. Lord, it's a it's a prison's not a good place to be, whether you're an inmate or whether you're staff. We lift up everyone and we come against suicide in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Listen, y'all have a, a good, fun, safe 4th of July weekend. Be careful if you're lighting fireworks inside prison, okay? <laughs> uh, remember, don't let your background hold you back. Make it pay you back, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Background Check Podcast, brought to you by Forgiven Felons, helping people with a past realize their future. For more information, please visit ForgivenFelons.org. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and please don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss the latest episode. I'm J.D. Gum, and this has been Background Check.